And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for the Athletic, and I'm with my co-host Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever, lefty, lefty out of uh, Walla Walla, Washington. What's up, What's up Eric? Dave? How you doing, man? I'm awake today. It's not a morning episode. Yeah, this is late afternoon. I'm about getting sleepy from being awake all day. <laughs> um, well, the Braves have got it down to a game and a half. It's either going to be one or two games tomorrow when they start a big series in St. Louis. They did what they needed to do in, with uh, Pittsburgh. I've been impressed at how they've done what they need to do against these bad teams. And the good Taking ones care lately. Of business. But, yeah, yeah, lately. They swept the series this season against Pittsburgh, right? They did. First time ever that they swept yeah, the season series against the Pirates. Tough to do against any team, yeah. And those games up there, I know one almost 2-1, but it never really felt, it felt like the Braves were in control the whole time. You know, I, I know they only won that one by a run, but they – uh it was impressive. I thought they had a pretty good – pretty damn good series. And then yesterday, the He's offense just – yeah, the offense just – you could just tell the difference in the two teams yesterday. It was like uh, despite the 122-point whatever it was, mile-an-hour single that yeah. O'Neill Cruz did off the highest part of the highest right-field fence in the game, I think. I don't think there's a higher right-field fence in baseball than that No, at Pittsburgh. And he hit it off the very top of it. Hit it so hard it clanged back right to Acuna for a single. But yeah, if maybe that, Washington, Washington might be close to that height, but I don't think so. If he'd have got that ball five feet for higher, I would have yeah. loved to see where it would have landed. It on the river. river. Yeah. I mean, it might have gone 50, 60 feet out there in the river at least. God, it was that a That was shot. the hardest ball they've recorded, right, on StatCast? The StatCast era, which began in 2015. And the previous, I think, top four or top Stanley. five were all Giancarlo Stanton, all about 122. So it's a matter of just point tenths of a of mile per hour, which uh, which tells me as 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 long as the ball is what it is and it's not juiced or whatever, I think that's kind of the human limit on how hard you can hit a baseball with a wood yeah, bat. McGuire and Bonds might not count as human limit because they had some right. enhancement, but I would guess they right. I would I would love to have the data from that era. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a. It's not the best thing in baseball's history that ever happened, but it might be the coolest. <laughs> well, at least at least the uh, that those records won't be uh, permanently right rendered uh, obsolete by steroids, like yeah. the home run record is. Yeah, it's so funny. We're celebrating uh, Aaron Judge the fact that he's on pace to get sixty two, and they go, "Good lord, if he got sixty two, it would be so big. It's one of the biggest stories, and it is." But that just tells you something about what the steroid home run record means to people. Nothing, yeah. Because it's so far beyond 62 that most people can't even tell you what it is. 72, isn't it? I think. 
<laughs> and I covered it. But it just tells you what those records mean, what he did to those records. Yeah, you're right, because I, I can't remember what it is either. Can you, can you, can you name how many he hit all time? We got a show called 755. <laughs> Everybody knows what 755 is. It's a club name. Yeah. Can anybody tell you how many Aaron, uh, Babe Ruth, or Babe Ruth, or Barry Bonds? 762. I can't so. tell he you what he ended he didn't up with. He didn't beat it by much. I can't tell you. It's more than that, I think. But he would have, I mean, he kind of got blackballed from the game, too. He might have got to 800 if they let him keep playing. <laughs> it just tells you, though, what those records mean. Yeah. Like everybody knows, uh, yeah, seven sixty two, good call. And the uh, single season was seventy three. At uh, yeah. <clears throat> age thirty six. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. How about, um, how, about, how about four? How about three straight seasons with he, over with forty five? Never more been played at a higher level than he was playing it at. At age 37, 38, and 39, 45 homers and a 1422 OPS at age 39. <laughs> yeah, that's normal. Uh, 263 OPS plus, 263 at age 39. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the one thing that was impressive about it was he was probably getting one pitch to hit a game and was still hitting it yeah. out. Yeah. But you know it's hard to get. It's a shame because I would like to see what he could have done in his career with his career numbers and everything if he just stayed clean. Because he was the best yeah. player in the game when he did before he became a freak. I mean, he was a thirty thirty guy, you know, perennial type guy, and would have been forty forty probably a couple times. But uh, the base runner went out the window when he got put on fifty pounds of muscle. So, uh, but That's anyway, what I heard people say is he kind of got to that point where Sosa and McGuire were getting all yeah. the attention. He to- started telling people around the game, "Watch what I do if I get on this." And I think yeah. it was just too much temptation. Yep, he didn't like that the that they the home run chase became the you know. The, the well, he's subject, like, I'm better than these guys. The subject that everybody was fo- focused on, that was the center of everything baseball, was that home run yeah. chase. And, yeah, he was like, I'm a better player than them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> pitching matchups for the big Cardinals series. Spencer Strider against Jose Quintana, game one. Charlie Morton against Jordan Montgomery, whom the Yankees traded for some reason in game two. Right? They traded him. Yeah. That was yeah. the yeah, that was a, and for Bader, what uh, game three? Jake Odorizzi against Adam Wainwright. Waino going strong at age what forty? Is he forty? I think he's forty. Yeah. Well, that's a tough matchup for Jake Odorizzi on a Sunday night ESPN baseball game with everybody watching against Waino. Waino is so tough in that ballpark. I haven't looked at his numbers this year, but I know he was. In the past, he just feeds off that crowd at uh, Bush. It, and is Molina back, or is he still? He's back. He was okay. only gone for for a weekend. Really, he missed one game because he wouldn't have caught both those games. He caught Friday night. He missed a Saturday, Sunday games. Came back and was in the, was caught Monday. So, yeah, he's back. And Soroka makes his next rehab start, his third and his second at Gwinnett on Saturday at Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania against the Iron Pigs. And it looked like he was going to face Bryce Harper, but they recalled Bryce Harper. So he, Did they? Yeah, because yeah. he hit two homers yesterday, right? Yeah, he was supposed to be there through Saturday. 
He had two homers two days ago and had a uh, walk-off double, I think it was, last night. <laughs> yeah. So I said, okay, he's ready. I saw the highlight. I saw the ball he hit opposite field. and Man, he has some insane power. He, it's, he, it's crazy because yeah. he's unappreciated in his career, if you ask me, just because he of is. his personality when he yep. came up. Yep. You know, and I even think now if he came up and was the exact same guy, he wouldn't even raise any – You know, nobody even raise their eyebrows. Good either. point. Yeah, he was really flamboyant at a time when not that many people were. Yeah. It's just a lot of stuff with the hair, you know, and throwing the hair back, and it just comes across as so arrogant and everything. Yeah. And it was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at, what, 16, 17, when he was playing yep. a juco ball? Yep. So, but anyway, yeah, he's a hell of a player. Um, so he'll be back for the stretch run, and it's kind of frightening because the Phillies have actually played better without him. So you got to think uh, adding him back to the lineup in that DH role is just going to be at DH because the elbow needs surgery. Um, they've been playing really well, man, getting really good starting pitching. Phillies are kind of scary right now because their pitching is – their starters are tough. Yeah, and they're going to – they're well, they're going to have a good shot at a wild card spot. They're in one right now. Yeah. We're going to get to that. Um, I thought I thought the Braves series – I thought that series of Pittsburgh was really good. I saw a lot of good stuff that you want to see. Um the oppo power from Michael Harris is something, man. Uh, Grissom keeps doing it. You know, you keep yeah. waiting for the for the teams to get a book on Grissom, make adjustments, and start finding a spot. You know, his weakness, finding a hole in the swing, but it hasn't happened yet. And he's playing great. And yeah, I, he looks really good. And Ozzy is getting closer to returning. He made this trip. He's been taking BP in uniform before the game, uh, doing full workout. So it's not going to be long now. He'll start a rehab assignment, I would think. Uh, maybe by the end of this week, by the end of the weekend, if not this weekend, then when they get back, um, the athleticism, this team's then speed, this team's going to have when Ozzy comes back. Yeah. It's up there when it gets back. Um, I think you're going to see, well, you're going to see even less of a Zuna because I think Oz is going to DH some because that'd be good. This, this really good that Grissom, obviously for many reasons, his, his, uh, his performance since he got here is so huge for the team, but it's going to allow them not to have to rush Ozzy at all, not to have to yeah. overwork that broken foot coming back. You don't want to have him playing every day on that thing because the side is not going to be as strong. So he can DH some, play some second base. I think Grissom, I think, will start working out in the outfield more, and uh, you can play him some in left field if they're comfortable with that. If he shows, you know, I don't know if they'll even – I don't think they'll put, send him down to play a game or two in AAA, but they could. But, uh, you know, because if you option him, he has to be down 10 games unless there's a uh, injury. So they might just have him shag in the outfield, you know, and show he can do it. I mean, they should be able to get a pretty good idea just how he gets reads, whether he'll be, you know, make a mess of himself out there in the games. But I think he'd be okay. Well, I think left field would probably, for me, be the easiest position if you were going to shift anybody anywhere you know it's like when you're in the infield you have to know where you got to be on cuts and relays and all these different plays right when to back you have to be in places left field go catch the ball right yeah i mean maybe you back up the center fielder or there's some things you have to think about but you don't have to have crazy instincts to play left field and you don't have to have reps to know where you're supposed to be and there's things you can really mess up when you're in the infield you know even first base there's somewhere you got to be on a ball the outfield yeah Third base, you got to be somewhere. So that's kind of the the hardest transition for a lot of guys. And then in the outfield, it's it's normally, you know, if you're going from center field to a corner spot, 
it's how those balls are slicing, you know, because they're coming off a lefty's bat yep. different. They're coming off a righty's bat different. There's inside out swings and things to read. But, you know, I mean, you watch pitchers. The pitchers are tracking balls. There's there's some pitchers that shag every day that you could throw out there. And get John Smoltz used to power shag every day, man. He'd so be out Kimbrough. there going hard. Farnsworth would do it. Farnsworth would rob a home run like once a week and be. Yeah, you don't see him do it much anymore because they don't hit or anything. So yeah, but, but I, I would say that that would be the one position you could kind of chance it. Not to mention, you know, your other option of throwing Ozuna out there. You're not going from a gold glover to. He might literally be better. I think he'd be better in Ozuna right off the bat because his arm would be better and he probably would track balls better. Yeah, I literally. mean, never. It's it's hard to. I don't want to be a, a dick, but I mean. I don't think he's the, if he's not, you know, the fall off wouldn't be extreme. And he's not out there much anymore at all. It was going to stop getting any playing time yeah. recently. And when he does, it's DH because you got Eddie and now you got Grossman, who's played really well. I mean, yeah. they fixed Grossman. He looks he, great. Yeah. He's, he, they really fixed his swing, man, when he got here with that. That's a, that's a, that's a big, um, um, that's a big check mark in favor of analytics, what they were able to do with him, the video, Braves video and analytics departments, which 10 years ago, they would not have been that way at all. They have come so far with that. And now they're front line. They got a whole army of guys in that. If you look at the, if you look now and on the uh, media guide for, on the front office page, now there are about eight or 10 jobs that did not exist before that are on that front page. Now in baseball ops, all these analysts, all these different coordinators for video and uh, just different, all these different things that are analytics related and they get Grossman over and, you know, they go to, they go to sites and go, look, we can, we can fix this guy's swing. Here's what he's doing. We look, we took a swing from last year's from the previous years and we compared it down. They show the biomechanical thing, the stick figures as sites called it. And it shows oh, how he's leaning. Yeah. And it shows how he's leaning, how he's doing, what he was doing then and what he's doing now. And Sites is able to present it to him. Go, look, you know, here's what we got. Here's what we want you to do. See what you think. Look at it. Give us any feedback you got. But, um, you know, he goes, normally I'd wait. Sites said, normally I would wait a we week or two, a week or two, get a feel for you and all that. But we ain't got time. We're trying to win a World Series. So we want to do this now and let us know what you think. And, and Grossman was like, I'm all in. He saw yeah. the stuff and he goes, I see it exactly what you're talking about. And they fixed it literally in two days. He started raking. Well, that, that's the nice thing about going back to something that you were good at, going yeah. back to something that worked. Right. They showed him his old swings. And, it, you know, it's it's crazy because it's it could be your arm slot when you're pitching and, and you just can't feel it. You can't feel it. And a lot of times they'll point out something that's that's going on with your hips or this or that, and you're like, you know, my visual's jacked up. It's My feel's jacked up. But they'll just tell you this position you're normally in. And as soon as you hit it, you're like, oh, that's it. Yeah, and then it, when it's going back to something, it clicks really fast, and it's comfortable immediately. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, when you see guys that can't get right, there's something with their posture or something with their timing, and they're just in this position that feels awkward. But they're tinkering so much they can't get back to neutral. When someone tells you, "Here's where neutral is for you," and you sit into it, it's like riding a bike. Now you muscle play. memory. Yeah, and it's there because that's how you did it when you were good, and then you're like, "Oh fuck, that's that feel." Once yeah. you have the feel. Then you just go and you play, and it's natural. And Grossman said, you know, he'd been trying all year to get that back, and he got it back here like overnight. He goes, now I feel that's what I've been searching for, and I've got it here in the last – at that time. He said the last 10 days I've really gotten back to what I wanted to do. And now, now he's a switch hitter again, and they don't have to use him strictly as a platoon guy, and he's raking. <laughs> yes. 
it's it you know good. I think that's that that razor thin edge of just how close every major leaguer is to being one of your favorites on the team or one of your least favorites is I mean it's something that small that they fixed with him yeah and all of a sudden he's able to hit left handed again he's back there you know these guys are so good but it's your margin for error is so thin in the big leagues that one little thing can be wrong and all of a sudden you're a two ten hitter. And you need, sometimes it takes a whole team of people to spot what it is. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So the Braves get it down to 1.5 games, one and a half games. Mets lead is down to one and a half games entering the Mets game tonight against the Rockies. They got DeGrom going. So it's probably going to be two games when the Braves get to St. Louis. But a big series. And... I thought the punctuation was yesterday when Matt Olson hits a grand slam um, that lands and the bounces into the Allegheny River, the first ever Braves splash down into that river, which kind of is surprising because Braves have had quite a few lefty hitters since uh, that ballpark opened 20 some years ago. That's the first time a Braves hit it. It's been 66 of them hit their total. Now he's got one. Does but it count it was, if it bounces or it went in the air? It counts. Okay. It counts, yeah. Yeah, if it gets through the water. Um, I couldn't tell if his got there. I think his bounced, but I couldn't tell. I thought it bounced, so I didn't yeah. know if it. It does count. Okay. Because um, it's still got to clear the entire you know stadium. So his numbers, man. They're solid. Yeah. I mean, the way he's turned this around, you know, I, he was hitting so many doubles early. And he talked about, I wish someone would start getting over the fence. 
but it was just a matter of getting his swing back where he wanted. It was a little bit more of a launch angle. Now those balls, the doubles have really fallen off, but the home runs are way up. Yeah. So, yeah, remember one time he was on pace to like threaten the doubles record. <laughs> he was yeah threatening the, the major league doubles record. He was yeah. going to destroy the Braves doubles record. In fact, he set the Braves doubles record for the All Star break. But now he's not hitting hardly any doubles. But he got one yesterday. But he had but he had you know his twenty seventh home run. So um, he has six homers, seventeen RBIs in the last fourteen games. I would say his last fourteen, but it's the Braves' last fourteen because he plays every day, literally every day. Uh, Grand Slam. He is now tied with Jose Ramirez for third in the majors in extra base hits with 66. He's third in the NL and RBIs with 87. And he's tied with Mookie Betts for sixth in the NL and home runs with 27. That's three behind Pete Alonso and Christian Walker, four behind Austin Riley and Goldschmidt, who each have 31. Kosh Werber leads the NL with 34. So, man, it tells you something about Riley, how great he was in the first half, because he's really kind of slowed down. He's had, He's been in a little bit of a lull for a few weeks, and he's still up there yeah. second in the league in home runs at 31. So, um, but Olsen, yeah, he's gotten hot at the right time because he really is such a difference maker, and, and it's really helped pick up the slack with Riley not being hidden like he was early on. Yeah, and he's been hitting bombs too. You know, it's not like yeah. they're sneaking it's, out. Yeah, he is. Some of the balls he hits opposite field will get out by just a little bit, but when he gets a hold of one, there's no doubt. Yeah, that ball he hit on top of the chop house. Oh yeah, conservatively estimated at four forty something. I, I thought yeah. it would be about four eighty, but it's hard to tell. Um, yeah, it's like the one where he hit off Fulty out in Oakland a couple years ago that broke up Fulty's uh, no hitter. I guess it was yep. about five six years ago now, but that was a bomb too, man. Yep. He has got that pretty swing, that easy. Yep. Sweeping swing, yeah. all those legs, long, long arms. So when he gets extended, it's uh, it goes, yeah, and it, it, it when it stays hit, as Freddie used to say, Freddie first stays hit or Freddie Gonzalez, yeah, Freddie would say, When I got hit, it could stays hit. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, balanced schedule, the schedule came out yesterday. Oh, by the way, uh, Harper, his home runs were off Schuster, the Braves. Top pitching prospect now, him and Muller probably. And William Woods, hard-throwing reliever there. He had two in that one game, his first rehab game. First at bat was off Schuster home run. All right, balanced schedule. It's so long overdue, man. I got so sick of seeing 19 games against division opponents, especially bad division opponents, you know. Playing the Marlins 19 times. Playing the Nationals in the state they're in now 19 times. Yeah, yeah, you can bone up and make hay against those teams. Well, but it decides the division sometimes. It's bad baseball, you know, man. A lot of you time. do it against those teams, and it's not. It doesn't really draw good crowds to either. It does praise for drawing against everybody right now, but I mean, it's just this is so much better now. I think you're going to play everybody in baseball every year. That's, that's cool. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, so that starts next year for the first time. The big difference, obviously, is. To add all those interleague series, you had to subtract from division games. So you go from playing every opponent 19 times to playing every opponent 13 times, which I think is a nice balance. And it's really going to make a big difference in some divisions if you think about it. Like, say the Baltimore Orioles have really come a long way and been competitive this year. They're all of a sudden going to have to go from not having to play the Yankees 19 times and the Blue Jays 19 times to now playing other teams, you know, and it can make a big difference for a team like that, or you know, especially teams trying to make the wild card too. That happen to have yeah. just two just juggernauts in their division, and then right. you look in the central, and there's one team trying. 
you know, and then some central team gets in with, they win right. the division with 85 games, you know, and now you got, exactly. you got that balance where at least the wild card spots are going to be fair. Could make it tough for, for teams like the Brewers and the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, the, but like the Diamondbacks, you know, who shows some hope this year, you know, turn around. All of a sudden they don't have to play the Dodgers, the Dodgers 19 times. They don't have to play the Padres 19 times, the Giants 19 times when they're yeah. good, just 13. So that's a big yeah. difference, man. Um, there's some there's some pretty cool things, some strange things in a Braves uh, in a Braves schedule. They will play each AL team. Every every baseball team is going to play every team in the other league in a three game series now, except they'll have like a natural rivalry. And though in some cases it's not a natural rivalry at all, but the it's Blue Jays, yeah, that team you're going to face two two game series. You'll play four times the Braves and the Red Sox. I remember it was it was uh, the Blue Jays when I was with the Braves. The Braves' natural rivalry has been Boston now for a while, so that's why they always played them in a two game series there and a two game series here. So that's going to continue. But like the Rockies, for instance, their natural rivalry is Houston, (laughs) and people are like Rockies going, "Why? There's nothing natural about it at all. We don't have anybody else to fight, so we got to fight each other." So. They play them twice. They play the Red Sox in a pair of two-game series. Every other AL team, they're going to play, play in a three-game series. Um, the interleague series, they got some really good draws at home. They're going to get – the tennis is going to be big against next year. Is it going to alternate? So you got – since you're only playing a three-game set, so you, you, like you go to Seattle this year, you come, they come to that's you That's what it year. should. That's, yeah. what it sh- that's the way it should. I don't, know, I don't know if they'll be able to do it perfect, but that's the way it's yeah. supposed to work, yeah. But they got interleague series, the Braves do, home series against the Astros in April 21, 23rd, Orioles in May, Red Sox in May, Mariners in May. They got a stretch there against Orioles, Red Sox, Mariners, all in a span of uh, 16 days. Twins in June, White Sox in July, Angels again are at Truist in July 31st, August 2nd, and then the Yankees, August 14th to 16th. So the Braves are going to be – it's going to be nice for their coffers to some of those are big draws, big interlude series draws. That was one thing that, that I, you know, it kind of bothered me about the way they used to do it where, yeah, my, like I played my whole career, my whole time in Atlanta, I went to Seattle once. Yeah. Or I played six years in the big leagues. I'd never seen Mike Trout play until I went to Oakland. Yeah. Never seen it, you know, and I just think about weird things. So you didn't play a team for seven years. Yeah. When, when I think about trying to grow the game, you yeah, know, I mean, if you got Mike Trout in his prime, every fan base should get a shot to see him. You know, there, there yeah. shouldn't be a chance that a huge baseball fan hasn't seen Mike Trout play live yet because he hasn't come to your city. Unfortunately, he's hurt every time the Braves play him, it seems like. Yeah, well, or say, say Otani or somebody like that. Right. You know? uh, Braves open the season once again on the road. They play so many times on the road. People wonder about that, you know, being a pretty warm weather place. Um yeah, I don't get it. It should be all Southern. It'll be 14th time in 19 years, and it would be 15 if this year had not got banged. They were supposed to open in Miami, but that first week got scrubbed, so they ended up opening at home. Otherwise, it's 15 in 19 years. I this is I, I they would never admit this, but I I am told that the Braves have made you know made it clear to baseball that they would rather they'll they'll give up opening, opening at day home for a weekend like July 4th, but more yeah. but but more importantly, just home series in the summer when kids are out yeah. very few markets are affected as much as the Braves is by kids being in school you saw that when you're here probably the crowd yeah this year not so much this year they're drawn to regardless but in the past 
you could have a good team there for a Monday through Wednesday series, and there'd be 15,000 people there. Oh, we'd be in it. And and football and school right. had started, and you were, you were drawing 10,000, 15,000 right. on a Thursday night. And that's changed yeah. because they've been so good the last couple of years. Yeah. But that – but that really, it really is a noticeable difference in Atlanta more so than most markets. The drop off. It was so, especially noticeable at, at Turner Field too because it oh was yeah. so big. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it was downtown. So people that live in the burbs had to get back down yeah. or stay downtown, and was nowhere to tailgate around there. There's no battery to go to and have dinner before the game, and all that. So it was really bad as far as that's concerned. The drop off in the crowds. So, but uh, yeah, so they open on the road again. But it's at Washington, so <laughs> very winnable series. And St. Louis, that's the opening trip. Nationals, uh, Cardinals, and then you're home for seven games against San Diego and St. Louis again. The good thing is the Braves are going to be done with the Padres before Tatis even comes off his PED suspension. They're going to be done with them in the first three weeks of the season, home and away. Really? Yep. I feel like we always were in San Diego in May and June. Yep. Yep. That's the way it's been. Um, they got uh, the Angels. I was looking at some other quirks in the schedules. The Angels are opening for the sixth time in seven seasons at Oakland. How strange is that? And nobody's got an explanation for it either. They ask. People ask. They're like, just the way it worked out. Six times in seven years at that dreadful stadium. I hate that place. <laughs> they, you know, they, um, th- their crowds show up on, on events like opening day and right. stuff like that, or yeah, giveaways are big there, but they really struggle to put people in there. They've had the worst attendance ever this season. Oh, it's been terrible. They haven't marketed it. They haven't even tried. Yeah. Uh, they might be trying to get a new ballpark, you know, that, that's yeah. way. Um, Oh, speaking of the brace schedule, they don't, they, they got a great, they finished great. Um, uh, they got a fortuitous last month. They don't go beyond the central time zone in the last four weeks of the season. Oh, that's perfect. We got one of Chicago, one of St. Louis. Other than that, all East Coast East Coast games, Eastern time zone games. They play 15 of their last 25 at Truist Park. And they finish the season with a homestand against the Cubs and Nationals. That's nice if it matters. Yeah. They faced the Nationals seven times in the last 10 games of the season. Dude, you couldn't ask for something better than that. You know what's weird, too, is it's like it, it, it takes teams so long to turn it around now. There used to be teams like if they make a few splashes yeah. in the offseason, they could be good next year. But it, it seems like in today's game, if a team's bad this year, you can pretty much book two, three yeah. more years of it before because it's rebuilds. all relying on young guys, you know. Yeah, rebuilds. So after finishing second at MLB in attendance last year, and they're fourth right now, the Braves should do real well again next year with those uh, interleague home series, especially. But I mean, they drop shit. They've had thirty-two sellouts this year already, man. Thirty-two. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna get do that. Yeah. Um. They have a uh, the Mets next year. Their opening month. They open with eight straight games, including seven on the road, with four in Miami, three in Milwaukee. Um, they have eight straight games to start the, the year. No off day. Um, and then the rest of April, they've got long West Coast trip, but they've got two off days 
three games in Oakland, three at Dodger Stadium, four at San Francisco, all in April. They've got Atlanta. They didn't play them this year. Um, they did not play – don't play at all in September. They don't play the Braves at all in September next year. So if those two teams are close this year, they're playing so much in the last part of the season. Next year, if they do not play in September, they're going to be done with each other. I don't that like that. If I, if I made the schedule and the two teams that were fighting one year, yeah. it's a, my number one priority is for them to be playing each other the yeah. last two weeks of the season. Yeah. You know, a, a couple series even, you know, maybe six games in those last two weeks. And they like the Braves, they're going to be done with the Padres in April when Tatis probably won't be back yet. Depending on how far the Padres go this year in the offseason and the, in the postseason because those games also count in his 80-game suspension. But I don't think they're going to go that deep. Um, I, I saw something yesterday about the end of this season that the Braves are technically more games back because there's no there's no one game playoff if you tie for your division. It's just the the right. series winner, right? So they got they have to win the division by a game. What's good? Yeah, it's going to get to that. Uh, the Phillies, by the way, next year they have a uh, their September. They got to get. They got trips to set in September to Milwaukee, San Diego, St. Louis, Atlanta, and New York, all in September. Oof. Yeah. Oh, and they're moving. By the way, I wish the Braves would do this. The Phillies are moving their start times next year. They only have ten of their eighty-one home games are going to start at seven oh five. They're moving the other ones back to six forty. Seventy-one home games. Braves are still like seven twenty. The other extreme. Yeah, I just. I wish the Braves would do that six forty, man. It'd be nice for people to get to the ballpark at two o'clock, but anybody's trying to get there at game time, they just do it because of the traffic, right? I like the prime time too, but I mean, traffic was part of it at Turner Field, but it's not so much where they are now. I mean, it's if not. you're leaving, yeah, if you're leaving work or whatever, you can go to the battery, you know, and park and anything. You, you there's tons of stuff you can do, you know. Yeah, it hasn't been nearly as bad as I thought, as everybody thought it was going to be getting in and out of there. Really? It can be bad getting out if everybody's leaving at once in a close game, but getting in hasn't been nearly what they thought it was going to be. God, Turner Field was so bad. I just worked out after the game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to try to leave. Sometimes, uh, sometimes the dudes running the, you know, all the cones and directing traffic and stuff. If you flash your Braves card, they let you take that little shortcut yeah. onto. Uh, I think it was. I can't remember. It was 404 or something like that. They let you kind of duck through there on yeah. the interstate, but. I didn't even try because sometimes you couldn't even get out of the players' lot. Yeah, I was bad. It was just an hour delay. I got out of there when the fireworks were going at Turner Field. I'm like, I'd get out of there. Or I'm like, okay, I'll just wait and stay for an hour afterwards. Oh, everybody'd be screaming that in the clubhouse if it was yeah. firework night. Everybody'd be screaming fireworks and doing a turbo shower and grab their food to go to get out before those fireworks. Ended. Yeah, most of them still do that and get out of there pretty quick. But you could get out of there a little easier. Uh, the exit shorter getting out of there with if they can get up before the fireworks are over now. Um yeah, we were talking about, you know, you're that's a great point about I, I think people maybe are not have not familiarized themselves with the format this year, playoff format, because it it is paramount to win the division, man. Yeah. And it's gotten more so as this year's gone on. Okay, there's three wild card teams this year in the playoffs. Okay, they expanded it. The wild card, but in the wild card round, is going to be the best two out of three. The home and one team, 
one team host all three. Yep. Three straight games. Okay. The two division winners with the best records get a first round bye. So whoever wins the East is going to get a first round bye. Yep. That's huge. All yep. right. The third division winner, the third best record. It's, a lot of people have said that kind of sucks because you're not you're you're not giving that person you're not giving that team enough of a of a perk or enough incentive to win the division if the third best division team division winner still has to play a first round wild card series game they do though yeah but you might get in and have less wins than a wild card true um, the division winner with the third best record in each league must play the wild the, the final wild card team the sixth wild card team yep. The fourth and fifth seeds, the second and third, uh, or the first and second wildcard teams, will play each other in a series. The division, the the the, uh, the division winner with the third best record plays the third wildcard team, the sixth seed. Okay, so whoever finishes second in the East is probably going to be the fourth seed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right now, if the playoffs started today, the Braves would be the fourth seed. Like and they would face the Phillies. Yep. All right. But most importantly, they'd have to play a best of three wildcard series. They're going to have to use at least their first and second best pitchers. Yep. And maybe all three of the first best of the, of the three best, which means you would then, as it is now, the winner of the four or five matchup is going to have to play the number one seed in the division series. So as it is now, the winner of the Braves versus Phillies would play the Dodgers in the division series, you would have wiped out your first and second starter at least, and maybe your first three. You might have to start a division series with your numbers four and five starters, or your four and bring your one back on short rest against yeah. the Dodgers. Ace on full rest. Their best against their best three starters. Yeah. On full rest, extra rest, extra rest. I mean, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Highly motivated to win the division. Yeah, the difference is huge. You win the division, you're going to get a first round bye. You can rest your guys. You can put them in any order you want. You know, and um, and, and they're going and, to be there'd be one day off after that wild card series unless you win it early, right? And then and and if you win that division, you're going to get that bye, and you're going to have your first three, your best three starters facing that other team's numbers three, four, and five, or numbers three, four, and one, or whatever. Yep. Our numbers four, five, and one, something like that. Yeah. I mean, it makes a huge difference, man. Well, a, th- a three against a one or a four against a one, that can yeah. be a, a drastic mismatch. I mean, it can be. Yeah, you're down 0-2 in that division series before you even know it, before you yeah. can even have your best starters going. And now, it helps that the Braves have really good depth this year in the rotation. When yeah. Spencer Strider's your number four right now, you know, and Ian Anderson could be your number five. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you if if you throw Strider and and Charlie at somebody, you know, say you win the first two games, you could throw Star- Strider and Charlie. I'd put those guys up against anybody potential. You know, like Charlie Charlie could go out and strike out twelve and get yeah, six I mean, shutouts. Yeah, he could. He could if he plays like if he pitches like he has in the past. And but man, it's not the same as having Freed. It's having Freed and <laughs> yeah. Kyle Wright going. You yeah. know. So, I mean, that's where they are right now. Um, and it obviously it bodes well that they're playing so well right now. Again, after having a little bit of a little bit of a lull period there, where they've gotten it down to like 
two games, then it went back up to about four or five. But now they have it where they want it. Unfortunately, the Mets have a have a really weak schedule in the in the yeah. last the next few weeks, really weak. So the Braves need to take advantage right now and get there, and then try to stay even with them. You know, yeah. So when you and when you face them again head to head, got one. You know, if I if I'd have known that, I wouldn't have downplayed. You know, early in the season, I said, "All right, it's you know, of course you could pick up a full game every time you beat this division rival," but I wasn't aware at the time that there was no possibility of a one game playoff or anything like that, that the series you know, winning yep. your division is such a huge advantage going into this thing. It is with the playoff format, the way it is right yeah. now, it is. A I kind of like it advantage. though. I kind of like that. That it's I that do too. It gives deal. you a great incentive. It makes the regular season that much more important for the good teams. And even if you're, you Are know, you? even if you could be duking it out for that second or third by number, number two or three division winner, and you got to play till the end now. Right. Right, because you don't want to you don't want to slip in that wild card thing. To you slip to number six, and you're gonna be playing the face the Brewers in the first round. Yeah, I mean it doesn't matter. You're gonna face the Brewers or Cardinals or or the Braves. I mean, you know, or the Mets, whoever who doesn't doesn't win the division. But I mean, it's a tough draw regardless. Yeah, I guess that's the only knock I could put on it is basically winning your division. If you're not in the top two divisions, it's basically you're winning a wild card spot, just the one seed for wild card. It makes it makes it makes the whole regular season so important, though, to have that when you're playing for that record, and that record means a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because being the difference between being the second wild, being the second uh, best division record, division winning record, and the third best is huge. It's a game changer. So, and that's where that schedule next year we were just talking about could be a real difference maker too you know when the brewers all of a sudden can't bone can't just uh beat up on the uh, well the pirates are a lot better this year but they can't beat up on teams you know and in the central al central can't beat up on teams in both centrals in their divisions and all that so uh, but yeah the braves down the stretch they got uh you got st louis and then you got a series against colorado at home you got three you got six game homestand against colorado and the marlins and then you got then you got a road trip. You know, West Coast never easy, but they they played better there recently. But you got two at Oakland. You should take those. You got three at Seattle, which Seattle has played a lot better this year. Obviously, they're a good team. And three at San Francisco, which has really hit the skids lately. So that that doesn't look nearly as formidable as it would have early on when Seattle was playing great and the Giants were. They started out quick this year, and then they've kind of just fallen apart. But and then you got a big home stand, Philly and Washington. So. Uh, and you face the Mets one more time in the last home series of the season, the 30th of September through the 2nd of October. Then you finish in Miami the, where they added those three games that would have been played at the start of the season. Those are tacked on at the end of the schedule. So you play those at the end at Miami. So you're going to, you want it, you want it to come down. If you've not taken a lead, you want to at least be within a game when you face the Mets head to head, the 30th through the second. And then you got Miami to finish with. So you're be in a good position if you can do that. I can't imagine that series not mattering. Yeah. You know, I can't yeah. imagine it's spread out enough where either team's comfortable. Yeah. I mean, you could be three down, you know, yeah. going into that series and still have a chance to sweep the Mets and tie it if you're three down. And if you're one down, then obviously you're. You know, or if you're ahead, you got a chance to put them away there. So it's going to come down to the wire again, man. All these division games. At least you got a few, though, against the Nats. Six against the Nats is nice. 19th through the 21st of September and the 26th through the 28th up there. 
Four-game series at Philly, 22nd through 25th. I have to change my plans and go to that because I'm going to the National Series at the end of that trip, but I wasn't going to the Philly, but I might have to do both now. So. Anyway, it's uh, – uh, some some interesting stuff on Dansby that uh, Ken Rodriguez, Ken Rodriguez, he's working. <laughs> that Ken Ro- the Ken Rosenthal wrote in in, uh, in his notes this morning in the Athletic. I'm talking to Ken about this after he after he talked to Dansby last week, and Dansby said some stuff off the record to me, and then uh, that, that and, and I won't divulge it. Obviously, it was off the record, but I just got a feeling that there's not that frustration level there, or anger that there was with Freddie down the stretch where you started to go, whoa, they really are. Now, Dave didn't tell me they're doing anything. You know, they're getting close. He just made it, just talking to him in general, he made it clear to me he wants to be here. This is his home. But he told Ken on the record that, uh, um, let me get this, let me get this so I, so I get it right. Ken wrote it this morning in The Athletic. He, ran, he, he had me look it over last night, and, and uh, it was interesting. Some stuff that he had about Harris and about but, uh, Dansby, but uh, – Ken said, well, what can you tell me on the record? And Dansby said, well, like, I'll just say, this is my home. I want to be here. He said, he confirmed that they are talking. Contract discussion started after the All-Star break. All right. Ken said, Dansby said, the easiest way I can say it is, from the conversations we've had, they want me here, and this is my home. I want to be here. One would think that would lead to a deal, right? But we've seen crazy things happen before. I've really gotten to a point of just surrendering that over. This is my home. But wherever the good Lord is going to put me is where I'm supposed to be. I'm come to term, I've come to terms with that. Everybody knows he's represented by the same group that Freddie was, XL Sports Management, Casey Close. But um, as Ken wrote, his comments indicate perhaps a greater understanding of the business side of this than Freeman than Freddie had entering the open market. Well, you got to watch that whole thing play out. Right. And I got that know. sense too. Dansby told me, you know me, I'm hands on. So Dansby's not going to allow things to kind of get bad without, you know, with Dansby just sitting back and, and, and trusting the agent to update him, you know, Dansby's going to go, what's happening here? Well, let's do this. And he's going to be involved in this. He's not going to be in a situation where he goes, what happened? You know, <laughs> they traded for for my replacement. <laughs> I mean, he's such a strong-willed guy, though. Yeah, I mean, he and he's been mature beyond his years. Even when he came yeah. up, when he got called up, you know, yeah. just the way all business you could feel as a veteran. You knew he was a first overall, but you could feel the respect for what yeah. you'd done. Even as even for me as a relief pitcher, the way he acted, but you also knew he wasn't intimidated. You know, he yeah. he knew how good he was, but he knew how to he knew how to act right away. And it takes guys a long time to figure that out. But, you know, he's always been so strong-willed that he's probably one of those guys that can handle talking about it in the season and not let it affect him and not take it on oh, the yeah. field with him. There's so many guys that can't. You know, the guys that say once spring training right. ends, I'm not having any more contract discussions because it is so hard. And, and it's it's hard to be invested in your team if you think you're going to be gone. For certain guys, for a guy like Dansby, it's probably nothing. Yeah, You know, and it's being able to separate the two and not have any emotions about it and go play like you always do and, and just be in the moment, which is the key to being a big leader in the yeah. first place is, is something that I don't see him having any problem with. And we've talked about this Vaughn Grissom. I mean, he's been a revelation. He's been yes. terrific. He's in 382 with a thousand twenty four OPS and 59 plate appearances. He's been phenomenal. Um, but he is not necessarily a long-term shortstop. He's 6'3 and 180 pounds. He's probably going to fill out to about 210 at least. He looks yeah. like he's can handle that. 
and he doesn't have Dansby's range uh, or probably his arm. But, I mean, could he play shortstop? Of course. He could be your shortstop for a long time. It's not going to be as good as Dansby at shortstop, though. He might be a great outfielder. If not, yep. he would certainly be a good one because yep. he's got that speed, that range. He could play the outfield, no problem. And it's not like you're losing gold glove defense at shortstop by moving him to another. But that's not what you're – That's he's not that player. Right. So I just don't see any reason why – that could be any deterrent to signing Dansby because they could easily move Grissom to left field. Well, and, that's like uh, what I was saying. You know, it's it's you can move to left field if you were in left field and they're like, you know, want to try you at shortstop. You're going to think right, crazy. right. And even during the season, I think you could move to left field and be placed serviceable. But yeah. in the off season, for sure. I mean, if I'm them, I'd have them go play winter ball, play 20 game, 10, 15 games of winter ball, yeah. play some play some left field and winter ball. At bare minimum, though, you'll have a full spring training to play it every day in Grapefruit League games, and that's all you need, man. I mean, you can get the feel for it for sure in a, in a spring training. You could send them down to instructs, too, if you don't want to risk yeah. him. You know, say, look, yeah. don't run the bases hard. Don't don't be laying out and trying to make crazy plays, but we just want you to get your feel out there and get some jumps and see how you look so we can make a decision on you know, what left field looks for us next year, what it looks like. Or we've and, already made a decision, and we want you to get – you get ready yeah. or go down there and get ready. And once you start looking like, you know what you're doing, we're going to end it. And then spring training, you got 45 games to get ready. Yeah. Yeah. And if they have to do it when, uh, and like I said, if they have to do it when Ozzy gets here, I think they could have him go out there and shack for a few days and get in there and not embarrass himself at all. Hit him yeah. a bunch of tight, hit him a ton of fly balls, get out there early, do it. Even if you want to do it in a sim game situation, but if, if but hit him real fly balls out there and have him run around and catch them and at truest park. And I think it'd be all right. The best thing to do is just have him go out there and BP. Right. Cause then you're getting live hits, right. you know, you're getting that real spin. It's one thing to catch it off a of fungo, you know, it's coming to you, but stand out there in left field and get yeah. set and be ready to read the ball and, and figure out where you're supposed to be positioned. Maybe take a coach out there with you and, yeah. When a lefty slices a ball, go get it. When it's over your head, turn your back, you know, and, and just practice getting those jumps and reads. And a major league coach is going to know right away, like, oh, you know, yeah. we got a problem here or no, we can handle it. And he's an athlete. He can handle it. Yeah. I mean, think about some of the people they've tried out in left field over the years because they needed to have him put him somewhere. Guys like Gaddis. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, they've played some pretty, yeah. some pretty bad fielders have been sent out there yeah. to keep their bats in the lineup. This yeah. guy would not be bad out there. No, I mean, give him a week. Yeah. So anyway, that's where we are. Um, I, I felt good about Dansby all along. I know a lot of people have kind of given up once they signed, you know, these other guys, all these extensions like Riley. Which I, I, I just didn't I thought it made ever it more see. Likely. Yeah, I never saw that that would be a, a – they've got the money to do it because of these really good team-friendly deals. Is Dansby going to take a huge discount to stay home? No, but he'll take less, I think, to stay here because this is yeah. his home. He loves it here. And – if they can get him up around that figure that they're giving, you know, Olsen and Riley, who top out at like $22 million a year, if they get him up to $20, 21000000 a year, I think that'll do it. You know, maybe five years, $100 million. Maybe, maybe five years, $105 million. Six years, $120, something like that. I think that might do it, five in, a, in an option. Yeah. Just ballpark, and I haven't really heard any figures discussed, but that to me makes a lot of sense. The only, you know, the only threat is letting him get to free agency and somebody throwing stupid money at him. You know, New York Dodgers, those teams just being the Dodgers lose Trey Turner and they just say, you know, we'll go eight. 
throwing crazy, you know, length at him or, right. or numbers just, well, all right, we're at 28 million a year. It would take about that to get him to go to California. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's, the other side of it is their taxes, you know, right. And your he's money very goes, aware of, and he's very yeah. aware of those taxes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You go in there for a, it's crazy. You go into, you go play a road trip and you go into Texas and you go into California and you see your paycheck and it says on your paycheck, you know, how you made yeah. this much in this city and that much in that city. And you're like, we were in California for four days and I made almost more right. in Texas for three. Right. No state income tax in Texas. Yeah. None in Florida either. Yeah. But you see it. And then there's all these, you know, certain states like Pittsburgh has this thing that always shows up on your check called pit usage fee. And it's some kind of tax for the stadium. Kind of like you hotel, kind of like staying in a hotel in some of those cities where you get all those different charges itemized. Yeah, pit usage fees a thousand a day or something like that. And you go into Pittsburgh and there's three grand missing out of your check. And it's just pit usage fee. Jeez. What is this? You know, wow. you, you learn, you, you become pretty aware of all that as a player. Wow. I didn't realize they had that, that big fee. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, three grand. I don't live in Pittsburgh. It's like when I used to rent cars in all the cities. We don't do it anymore because you stay downtown and near the ballparks and, you know, take subway or walk or whatever, take Uber. But I used to rent cars in these places because the stadiums were out. You know, you just, nobody stayed downtown in Phoenix back in the day. There were no hotels. You stayed in Scottsdale. Um, San Francisco, you used to have to rent a car because where Candlestick was, yeah. no cabs would even come out there. You couldn't yeah. get a cab to come out there at, at midnight when you were done working. And there was yeah. no Uber back then. So yeah. anyway, we'd rent a car a lot of these places. And uh, and uh, and Phoenix, you would re- you'd, you'd see this rate on your car. And you're like, oh, that's not bad, $44 or whatever, you know. Then you turn it in. You get the thing. There were literally more taxes than the yeah. rate of the car. Yeah. You'd end up paying $80. And then one of them was it was like $15 more a day if you rented from an airport, the airport location, than if you just went five miles away and did that, you know, to yep. a cab to it. So it was crazy what they got for rental cars in those places, man. Pay for all those stadiums and everything. Yep. Yeah. So I think, you know, he'll be aware of all those extra expenses and the fact that he wants to stay in Atlanta. Yeah, and it's, it's different it. being, you know, it's, I'm not going to say it wasn't Freddie's home. I mean, he was born and raised there baseball wise, but I think it's a little different for Dansby being from there. Right. Freddie's parents, his granddad, his dad is a sick granddad, his dad are both out and, and, and relatives everywhere out in California. And he still wanted to be here so bad. He was yeah. crying. At yeah. But Dansby's family's here. His mom and dad yeah. live right there in Marietta. They bought a house here, here and his girlfriend, his fiance. They're getting married here in December. I mean, it's just, this is his home. Yeah. If he's planning on having kids too, and I'm sure you need they to be are. by mom and dad, and you if need he, to be yeah, by his grandparents, and if he can avoid having to get a, another house, plus his plus his fiance is a professional soccer player, so she's already gone during the season. So you had another house, and you got three things going. You know, it's just that it would be a. If he can stay here, I'm sure he's going to. Yeah, it'd be worth a, a quite a bit of difference in money. Not to mention, all, you know, those ATL brands he's got, clothes and all that stuff. All this stuff is, is built around being from Atlanta and being around Atlanta. All of it. That's kind of a hard sell if you move somewhere else. <laughs> Just start the Milwaukee. Yeah, it'd be like <laughs> Freddie, you know. Brand in Milwaukee's not going Freddie too having an Atlanta brand. Nobody's going to care yeah. who you are. Yeah. Get out of here. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway, all right. Well, 
It's not going to surprise me as fast as Alex moves if something gets done. But then again, we, last year when we got to Freddie at this point, it went all the way to the offseason. So it might be go to the offseason. But I think if it does, there's not going to be a lockout looming and you would see the Braves take care of it, you know, soon after the World Series if it got to that. I just uh, the think number the number one advantage the Braves have right now is Dansby doesn't know what's out there. You know, so it, right. I think it, it benefits them a lot to try to get it done quick. To, yes, I agree. E- even if that's during that five-day period, you get exclusive negotiating rights after the thing. But Zajan ain't stupid either. So, you know, if they yeah. if some teams let you know, hey, just so you know, this is what we're kind of yeah with your guy. Yeah. All right. Well, big series in St. Louis. And we'll uh, we'll do one of these again after uh, – after three against the Cardinals, and maybe the Braves will be in first place. Who knows? It's going to be a tough series up there, though. I'm looking forward to seeing pool holes. Yeah, hope he gets to seven this year. Yeah, I do too. Just as long as he passes A-Rod, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, 755 All right. is real. Thanks, everybody. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a grade A, a 10, a plus, whatever you do. Mm-hmm.